Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Fort Worth podcast. I'm your host, Josh Boyd, and I'm joined, as always, this afternoon by Pastor Stephen. Good afternoon. Welcome, Pastor Stephen. It's great to have you. Uh, we, had a, we had a pretty good weekend this last weekend, I, I think. It was encouraging. I think we were blessed to see the people gather for another week of worship. I, I sense, I do sense a, a, a momentum and energy that's developing in the life of the church. Definitely. I look forward to where that's taking us as we move further into the spring and already are beginning to have some constructive discussions about the summer and how God's going to be working in uh, ways that the summer allows. So, yeah. Stuart's yeah. birthday was Sunday. It was. Celebrated his 60th I'm not going to announce how old he oh, is. Oops. But uh, yeah, it was a fun day and an encouraging day. And um, uh, again, I hope you were all were able to participate with us, whether you were in person or online, thank you for joining us in whatever format because uh, uh, we want to see the Lord at work and we know that our most effective uh, service and ministry comes not from one or two individuals, but everyone coming together and making a difference. Yeah, if you're just now hearing about this or if you're joining us maybe for the first time, we're, we're in the middle of um, a daily Bible reading that we started at the beginning of uh, this year, 2021. and. Um, we're journeying through the entire Bible uh, together, the entire well, New, Testament the New Testament together. Yeah. Um, and right now we're actually in the book of Mark coinciding with the series that we're in on Sunday. And today we're in Mark chapter eight. Um, and what did you discover from today's reading? Well, it's interesting that my heart was drawn today to the interaction that had with Peter, where uh, Jesus shared with all of the disciples that He'd come, uh, in essence, to lay down his life and that he would rise again. And, and we know that to be the mission that is Jesus' mission. And for whatever reason, Peter thought he could rebuke Jesus and correct him as if Jesus <laughs> got the plan wrong. And, uh, and Jesus, rather bluntly, uh, just kind of put Peter in his place and get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I mean, your, your thinking is all off. And... Uh, uh, so yeah, that was a, at least in my reading this morning, that was a, a lesson that I, I, I guess what, what stood out to me in my own heart is, uh, I don't want to tell the Lord uh, what to do. I, I want to listen to what He has for me. I want His Word to guide me, and uh, I want to trust Him enough to follow. But uh, yeah, what about you? Yeah, well, and I'm, I, I get to. I don't know. I've been focusing on the book of Mark. I'm, I'm in the middle of developing a bumper video for this series right now. And, and I'm so, glad that you are. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Um, so all of, you know, the book of Mark is really, I'm trying to write a script for, for this bumper video. And so I've really, which I think folks are going to get to see on Sunday, yes, right? Yes, I, I hope so. I hope it's done by then. <laughs> no pressure. See, now <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've thrown you out there. So. Now, now it's got to be done. No, I, I think it'll be done by then for sure. I hope, I hope to have it done before the weekend starts so I can spend some time not doing bumper video. But um, one of the things that, that really spoke to me while I was writing the script is the Jesus feeding a multitude. And, you know, we, we, we know... I don't know the the emphasis we make sometimes on um, Jesus feeding the multitude, and you know he gets 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 the the food, and he's able to multiply. It. And we focus so much on the miracle of that, but I've never, I don't know if I've ever paid attention to the fact that he did such a miracle with a single portion. Yeah. And um, that maybe I'm just maybe I've just looked too analytically at it. I don't know, but uh, it's so impactful to me to view it in that way of a single 
portion. And if God can do so much through his son with a single portion, what does he want to do with us? And that really, that's a good thought. That really has impacted me this week as I've, uh, you know, I, I, you know, <laughs> discovered, you know, have been challenged with this new truth, I guess, uh, for several days now. But uh, today we are on Mark 8. But um, And again, if you're not participating yet with us, we invite you to join us in our daily reading. Tomorrow we'll be at Mark chapter 9, and then on Thursday 10, and Friday 11. And then on Saturday, we're going to read a psalm together, Psalm 146. Um, and the reason we're doing this is not to, to prove ourselves religious. We, we believe that God speaks to us as we read and reflect upon his word, and we encourage you, uh, begin to establish a pattern where that's what you actively do. You just read a small portion of his word daily, and you're asking the Lord to speak to your heart as you do, and uh, I think you'll be encouraged. I certainly uh, am always surprised as I draw near to the Lord through his word, how I'll see some things I hadn't noticed before, hadn't thought about before, and God in a, a gentle way just prods my heart, and I'm grateful for that. Definitely. And you know, last week on our podcast, we encouraged um, we encouraged you, our listeners, to really think about, you know, a topic um, as far as our podcasting and the way we do our online services, that's a great touch point for the people in your life, the relationships you have with others, um, where people may not know Christ, where people may be seeking him and asking the right questions, but may not be, especially with, with COVID in light of that, may not be ready to attend an in-person gathering or maybe are, are starting down the path, but they need some more information. Our podcast and this reading plan are a great way to start with that. Invite someone to be a part of our podcast, invite someone to be a part of the reading plan. And we're, We've been accepting questions for months now regarding our we podcast. Have, and we've been hoping to <laughs> receive questions. We, we, we want to, to spend some time each week answering people's questions, whether they're related to the current series we're on or um, maybe some cultural or current you know, trending topics that we can talk about on our podcast. We'd love to, to do those. So if you have questions for us, podcast at northfortworth.com. You'll get it every week. You'll probably get it two or three times a week. But And again, we're not just hounding you with this. Uh, we, we want people to feel a freedom to ask questions because I think as people begin to think about Jesus or as they read the Bible, um, inevitably there can arise questions within our hearts or in our minds and you would like to have someone to talk to. And, and through our podcast, we're inviting you or your friends or extended family members uh, to join us in this journey. And, and when you come across something, you say, well, I, I'm not sure how that works. I don't know. I fully understand what that means. Then please, you can submit that to sure. the podcast at nofor.com. And, and even as, as Josh has promoted, uh, we've just started our new series in Mark. And this is a, a good opportunity. You could just send someone a link to our worship service, which, uh, again, is at live.northfortworth.com, and invite them to watch. And, and that might lead into a conversation that you could have with them as, as we just begin uh, to slowly move through the testimony that is Mark's about Jesus Christ. And, uh, and who knows what God might do with that? Now, Josh and I today, earlier today, were a part of a, uh, an online webinar where they were just talking about the effects of the pandemic and how people's lives have changed because of the pandemic. And I, there was one statistic that jumped out at me where it said, uh, due to the pandemic, 
uh, one in five one church in five. attenders have dropped out of participating uh, in church. And uh, that's, that's just, that's not a small uh, number at all. And, and so if that's true, maybe you know somebody. One in five in any capacity. Yeah, and in, we're talking about people who prior to the pandemic right. were attending, yeah. maybe that's once not just a month, switching, but that's they not were just, attending. Yeah, not just switching to an online presence. That's not attending no, they, church, they, not they interacting with out. the local church. And, and if that's true, maybe you know someone that's like that and you're thinking, okay, well, how do I bring them back? Well, a very simple approach could be just invite them uh, to watch one of our services and tell them, hey, we're, we're starting uh, to look at the Gospel of Mark. Our pastor's just talking about what Mark is revealing, and we're beginning to learn more about Jesus. Why don't you, why don't you join us in that? And who knows what God could do with that? Uh, I can tell you this, if you don't take the initiative to invite uh, someone that may be on your mind, then nothing will happen. Uh, you know, the, the loss will be you, you didn't take the risk to yeah. invite them. And so please, uh, maybe after our podcast concludes this afternoon, ask the Lord to put a face on your mind and reach out to them and see what God will do. Yeah. Well, last week we talked about Mark's height. You mentioned to yes. us that Mark was five foot six, he right? He was five foot six. <laughs> yes. I well, say that definitively. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitively five foot six. Yeah, you well, bet. This week, the question is a little different. Um, and, and maybe, um, I don't want to use the word practical, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe... Well, it's it. more practical than one's height. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Spoken from a short man. De- depends on the person's height, I guess. Depends on their perspective. Um, depends on how they see things, you know? Um, this week... What was Mark's occupation? Do we know anything about Mark's background? Do we know anything about um, what he what he did? Where where did he come from? How did this man appear on the scene? And that's really a great question, and uh, it's almost surprising when you begin to research uh, the what we have about Mark. There's there's really nothing that I've come across that would specify his vocation. Now I've seen someone who speculated that. Because he was the cousin of Barnabas, Barnabas was of the tribe of Levi. Maybe there was some priestly relationship there, and perhaps, uh, uh, you know, he could have been a, a help in the temple there in Jerusalem. What we do, though, I think, observe just in terms of how he's portrayed uh, in the book of Acts and then also in some of the writings of the early church, he's portrayed as just a person that largely helps out that he's there to to do a job and he's he's one of those people that i think we often overlook that's working behind the scenes he's he's faithful to the task which to me is very reassuring i mean sometimes i think our attention is drawn too much to the more dramatic personalities and we think you know that's the only kind of person that god can use where if you look at what's provided for us about mark he doesn't seem to be a person that stands front and center, but is there behind the scenes doing what needs to be done. I mean, even the Apostle Paul, though he experienced a, an early disappointment with Mark later, prior to his death, I mean, it's Paul that asked Mark to come to him while in Rome because he says of Mark, he's useful to me, that there's something about just how he related to others that was helpful, and most notably, uh, God uses him to share with us this testimony, which is the Gospel of Mark, which, again, I'm just so thankful that God uses people as they are to share a message that can make a difference in another person's life. But 
uh, what he did vocationally to support himself, I have no idea. I think it'd be really interesting to, to learn, um, you know, how, how did Mark develop? And the gospel of Mark is written very differently than the other gospels we look at, even from the synoptic gospels. And it is, um, it is. It's just very different from a uh, different, different style, different, uh, different target message. And that's really what we're doing with this whole series, focusing on Jesus as the son of God. And yeah, many um, think that he wrote it while in Rome and his target audience, if you want to uh, use that language, were a Gentile Roman citizens. He's uh, Christianity's coming under attack. Uh, again, I think he wrote it just after the death of Peter. So a number of the notable leaders of the early church have died martyrs' deaths, and Mark recognizes that the, many of the eyewitnesses that were there to see these events are no longer there. Uh, they have laid down their life for the cause of Christ, and he appreciated that it was critically important that the testimony of Jesus continue on, and so he writes down for our benefit, again, I think largely influenced by Peter's eyewitness testimony, uh, the the gospel of Mark, so that uh, even as the church is being under attack, the message of Jesus would not be hindered. And so he writes in a way, it's very action-driven. He's just trying uh, in quick fashion to introduce us to who Jesus is, what Jesus did, uh, the, the impact of his life and ministry, and then ultimately the testimony of his sacrifice and resurrection, um, so that a, a Gentile, uh, across the Roman Empire would be presented with the possibility that Jesus is the Son of God. And I have every belief that a great number of people uh, begin to, to hear this testimony and respond to Jesus. And even, you know, if Mark wrote this, uh, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but if Mark wrote this while he was indeed in Rome, Israel was occupied by yeah. Rome at this time, and quite a dangerous mission to to write something that is directly counter to a lot of I the mean, belief. I mean, people are that, dying for this uh, yeah, message. Absolutely. Talking about, uh, I mean, some have been critical of Mark that he kind of uh, abandoned Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey and went back home. Uh, you know, maybe he lost courage because the, they began to really experience some opposition. Well, if that was true of him as a younger follower of Jesus, it's not true of him as he writes this gospel. He's writing it at a time where right and left, the, those that are following Jesus are either being threatened by death or they're being put to death. And here he is, here, let me write the story of Jesus and, and uh, share it as widely as possible. I mean, I, it takes quite a, a bit of conviction. I, I think it brings an authenticity to his message. I mean, he's not going to gain anything with regard to financial gain. Uh, he's going to expose himself, I think, to potential harm as, as his message this testimony concerning Jesus began to circulate. Definitely. Well, something as we move along th today in the podcast, something we wanted to cover was the temptation of Jesus that we mentioned um, in Mark chapter one. Do you want to read briefly for us that, that scripture yeah, and there? As I alluded to, if you didn't see our service on Sunday, I do encourage you to go to nofortworth.com and, and look at Sunday's message because uh, uh, Mark begins to describe for us his early experiences following Jesus' baptism and he references what we uh, frequently refer to as the temptation experience of Jesus. And he does so in two verses. Let me read them for us. Uh, and Jesus was in the wilderness, um, and uh, he was being tempted for 40 days by Satan. 
and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now, what I tried to emphasize with you on Sunday is uh, it's almost as if it's just a, a passing acknowledgement by by Mark as he describes this, where Matthew and it's very and different Luke, than uh, how these provide can, yeah. a great level of detail in terms of what the devil tries to do and and how Jesus responds. But from Mark's point of view, what you needed to know is following his baptism, he goes into the wilderness to prepare himself and uh, and the devil opposes him. Now, what I tried to to, to emphasize on Sunday is this, and I, I, I would even mention it to you again this afternoon because I think it's relevant. You need to know that you can be in the center of God's will and that that can lead you to a difficult place. I mean, it was the Spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness for this extended period. He was exactly where the Father wanted him to be, and it was it was an uncomfortable place. Now, only uh, mention that to all of us to remind us that there are times as we actively seek to follow Jesus Christ, we almost need to understand we may experience difficulty and hardship, and that doesn't suggest that you're outside of where God wants you to be. Uh, on the contrary, it may at times indicate you're exactly where God wants you to be. Sure. Now, in Jesus' case, it was a time of preparation that God was, the Father was preparing him for what was in front of him. Uh, but uh, again, as Mark describes it, uh, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness. The devil begins to tempt him in this difficult place. Jesus prevails, and then he begins his public ministry. So we have three observations that we're going to show. You just shared the first one with us. I did. Uh, begin, uh, being in the center of God's will may result in difficulty. And the second one is, is one that we should kind of uh, think about. Satan will always seize upon that moment. I, I think the adversary, and that's what the, the word Satan means. It literally means adversary. Uh, the adversary will, will look for those moments where we find ourselves in uncomfortable places. And I think often it's at that point that he tries to tempt us, to draw us away. And again, as Mark describes it, he doesn't go into any uh, content at all about how the devil tried to do that. But what was happening was the devil recognized Jesus is at an uncomfortable point. So maybe... Maybe I can confuse him. Maybe I can draw him aside. Now, I think it's beneficial for those that haven't looked at the temptation experiences uh, recently, maybe to go to Matthew's gospel. You can find it in Matthew 4. You can also find it in Luke 4, where uh, both of those gospel writers uh, describe what the actual temptations were. Why don't you remind us of those? Yeah, so I'm going to read. I, I really, I'm going to read quickly, but I think I'm going to read all of these verses, yeah, so right all ahead. 11 here. So starting in verse 1 of Matthew 4, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Now, Mark, as we've alluded, doesn't describe any of that. All he says is Jesus is tempted by the devil and overcomes. I think it would be beneficial for us, though, just for a moment, remind ourselves of of the different ways that, that Jesus was being tempted. For example, he's been 40 days in the wilderness. He's been without food. So he's at a difficult place. He's at the center of God's will. And what does the devil do? He, he suggests that maybe your father doesn't have your best interest in mind. I mean, what are you doing hungry? If you're the son of God, why are you hungry? Turn these stones into bread. And I, I, I wonder, Josh, how many times in our lives when, again, we may find ourselves in a, a, a difficult place, we are trying to follow God's leadership as honestly as we know how, when it's at that critical moment that the adversary also comes to us and begins to whisper, you know what? Why are you uncomfortable? Yeah. Why are you, I mean, what, what's God doing to Whose you? Whose fault is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Can't you, can't you meet a physical need? I mean, what, what really is sacrificed if you turn these stones into bread as he appealed to Jesus? I mean, he tries to, in a subtle way, create doubt in our mind about the Father's care, the Father's plan, and he tries to draw us away. Yeah from what the Father's asking us to do. And it's always a dangerous thing. Yeah, there's two things that this brings to my mind. The first one, we talked briefly, you know, before the podcast about this, but, you know, I feel like we have mentioned so often on the podcast before the importance of knowing Scripture and dwelling on the Word of God and the the power um, and the activity and uh, the life that the Word of God has in our lives. And um, this is an important example here. And, you know, Mark, Mark gives us a very brief account of what happens here, but especially in the passage we just read, the 11 verses that we read, the, the son of God uses scripture in his temptation, uses the word of God, the written word of God verbally aloud, has it uh, written on his heart, meditates on it in this moment, speaks this scripture. And if the son of God, Jesus, God incarnate, if Jesus deems it important to quote scripture, to meditate scripture. I mean, we're talking about the son of God. <laughs> if yes, it's important are. for him, how much, how much more, more important is it for how us? Much more essential and I marvel, it's not just scripture in, rest, in, in general. I mean, as the adversary tries to draw Jesus aside, Jesus responds with very specific verses very much. to counteract the, I think, the misleading temptation. And if you look at temptation as a whole, that's what the adversary is trying to do is to confuse, to create doubt, and then to draw you away. And in scripture, introduces light into that moment of uncertainty. The scripture allows us to be reminded of, of, of God and his wisdom and his plan and, and the, enables us to say no then to the temptation. And that's exactly what Jesus does at each point. I mean, the very next temptation, he, as Matthew uh, describes it, he takes him 
onto the pinnacle of the temple and says, why don't you just throw yourself down and let the angels sweep down and rescue you? I mean, and you're going to be a hit sensation. I mean, you will immediately gain a following and a popularity because you've done something spectacular. Right. When Jesus understood that his ministry was not about drawing a crowd, he could do that and would do that eventually, but his, his ministry was about fulfilling the mission and delivering a message. Which and, is very similar to Jesus' Jesus's response of fulfilling his death yes. on the cross when he's tempted to throw yourself down from the cross. If you, if you are the Son of God, come down from yeah, the cross. I, and, you know, so and the, miraculous. The, and when you look at our culture today, we are so much into becoming instantly famous yes. and uh, the euphoria that some think accompanies that. And, and that's what the adversary's throwing before Jesus. Why don't you become, before there was a YouTube, a YouTube star. Become I mean, viral. why don't you yeah. just become uh, just the, the message that everyone's talking about as you perform this feat. And once again, scripture allows Jesus to say, no, that's not the wisdom of the Father. In fact, you're not supposed to test the Lord your God. And, and so he, he rejects the, the temptation. And then, the, of course, the, the final uh, temptation, as Matthew records it, has the adversary in some visionary way, I think, uh, allowing Jesus to see all the kingdoms of the world and offering to Jesus the possibility that he can have dominion over these kingdoms without having to suffer. All he would have to do would be to bow his knee to the devil. Once again, a very specific verse is Jesus' response to the adversary so that he dispels the darkness, the shadow of the temptation, and he walks clearly in the light. And, and so when we look at temptation, do know what our adversary is trying to do is to create some measure of doubt in our mind about the Father's wisdom, about the Father's plan. He wants you to, to maybe look around the world around you and say, hey, they, they're doing this. It seems to be working for them. Why can't I do what they're doing? When God's word should be a source of light to us that helps us to not only know the direction that we should go, but I think even out of a personal prayer where we're, we're saying, Lord, now, help me to walk in that way. It's one thing for me to see the path. It's something else by faith to, to walk on the path. And, and Jesus, I think, embodied both of those ideas. He, he saw what needed to be done, and he was committed then to do that. Yeah. Well, we have two verses we want to finish up with here sure. as we just kind of solidify this. And do you want to read the first one for us, and I'll follow up with the second one here? Yeah, as I mentioned on Sunday, when we look at the Mark's uh, summary of the temptation experience, he really tried to drive home the lesson that even in the middle of, of Jesus being in the wilderness, God was faithful. It says that angels came and ministered to him. And as I uh, highlighted on Sunday, uh, God is faithful with us in our temptation. Now, it was the Father that attended to Jesus in the wilderness. You need to know, as you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's Jesus that attends to you in your temptation. And the passage I read on Sunday, I think, speaks to that in Hebrews 4, starting with verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love these verses uh, because they remind me that when I find myself in a challenging situation, when I'm maybe sensing a temptation to, to drift away from where I need to be, I can turn my heart to Jesus Christ as my high priest and I can find in him uh, mercy as mercy is required, grace as grace is required so that I can prevail in the midst of the difficulties in which I find myself. And, and that's not reserved for a few individuals. I mean, every single one of us day by day by day have access to this throne of grace. And, and my encouragement yeah. to us again this afternoon is if you find yourself in a bind, you're in a hard place and you're being tempted, don't give in to the temptation. Let the word of God guide you, but even more, call out to the one who sympathizes with you and then ask for his help. In fact, that leads into Paul's testimony in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah, what a message of God's faithfulness and his provision for us here in, in verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. His deliverance, faithfulness, his provision, all in this one verse here. It's it, And there's no exception clauses yeah, when no. he says no temptation. I mean, <laughs> he's saying there's nothing that's happening around us that is greater than God's faithfulness. Now, I, I do observe there that he doesn't say he's always going to get you out of the problem, but rather he's going to bring you through the temptation so that you can endure it. And so... Uh, it's from the throne of grace, God's provision through Jesus, that suddenly we find the ability to follow Jesus' example and, and to, to overcome the tempter, to overcome our adversary in that yeah. moment. Three observations. I'm just going to recap for us. Three observations based on uh, the temptation of Jesus that we get here in the wilderness, both in Mark's account and the account of Matthew that we read, uh, all 11 verses in Matthew, uh, the beginning of Matthew chapter 4. But the first observation, being in the center of God's will may result in difficulty. The second one, Satan or the adversary seizes upon such moments of temptation. And we know that. We have to remember that. But the third one is the guarantee that God is faithful. Um, and we really encourage you this week to, to take note of those two verses that we finished up with here, those two passages, I guess. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. These are two verses, two passages that we can really meditate on, I think, and, and, and be recall. encouraged yeah. by, I mean, once more, Jesus allowed the word of God to reassure his heart in the midst of his temptation. We need to allow the testimony of God's word to reassure our hearts as we face whatever we're facing. Now, as we've been talking about temptation, it's possibly even this afternoon, you have a question about temptation, uh, sure. a struggle that you've had, or you know, even something that we've alluded to that's raised a new question in your mind. Uh, as we promoted at the start, let me promote once again at the end. If you would like to submit some questions that we can address in future episodes, just email those questions to podcast at norfortworth.com. Uh, we don't pretend to have all the answers, <laughs> even though we make fun of the fact that Mark is five foot six. Yes. I did say that, didn't I? Uh, but <laughs> to the best of our ability, we want to encourage you and allow God's word to speak to your heart in a way that might enable you to move forward in faith. And so 
to me, there's no question that is a silly question or an unimportant question. Even if, his height. His height yeah, is important. I mean, if it's on your mind, it's worth us potentially addressing, and I, I hope that you'll allow us to join you in that. Yeah, so tomorrow, today's Tuesday. We upload the podcast on Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we're still in our um, Words uh, to Live By series yes. on Wednesday night. Tell us a little about, about yeah, tomorrow. Now, what tomorrow, can we expect? I'm not trying to be controversial. Certainly in the last 12 months, there's been much made across our nation about the importance of justice. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon really makes a distinction between justice and injustice and would call a wise person to, not surprisingly, to stand for that which is right and just. And so uh, I think tomorrow night's lesson will be especially relevant. Very timely. uh, In view of everything that we see happening. I mean, even this past week, uh, uh, just some challenges in other parts of our nation. Uh, I I invite you to join us. The lessons are not sequential, so if you've not been a part of an earlier lesson on Wednesday, you can just join right in tomorrow night at 6.30. You can be here with us in person, or you can join us online uh, we would look forward to just to encourage you to discover the the words to live by. Yeah, Wednesday night activities and student Bible study um, in person and online, 6.30. And then kids, uh, Norfolk Worth kids, Wednesday night activities in person at 6.30. A lot of great opportunities. Yeah, lots of great stuff going on. And lots of things, uh, we alluded to it just a minute ago, uh, very briefly. But we did attend uh, a an online seminar today. We did. Um, regarding, uh, you know, this concept of hybrid church, of doing church both in person and online. And the efforts that we have uh, began to endeavor into with uh, in light of COVID, in light of the pandemic. But how will we carry? on um, into the hybrid church world as we carry on from here. So there are going to be some big things coming up in the life of our church as we navigate through this in ways that you can plug in, ways that you can serve, ways that you can quite literally uh, share the gospel and the message of truth that we uh, stand by as a church um, with people. Uh, so lots, lots of great things coming, I think, in the future. I, I'm convinced God has exciting things for us to experience into the months and years ahead. And and though I can't predict uh, what all of that will look like, I know the Lord is faithful, and I believe He's going to help us make a, a noticeable difference in our world. Definitely. Well, join us again tomorrow, uh, Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m., and then uh, we'll see you back in our worship center Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. for both of our worship services. We love you, church. We hope you are having a great week. We're praying for you, uh, many of you by name uh, this week. But uh, have a great week. Seek the Lord in all that you do. Mm-hmm.